We learned last night, we spoke about the marshal that Shushan gave, the riddle that he asked uh, his friends, so to speak, the people who were there to, on his behalf to become his friends. And he asked them, what is the meaning of the riddle that from the thing which eats comes for food, and from something which is as, bald literally, and comes, for, comes out something which is sweet. Now he asked the question that it wasn't something which is a logical answer. It was something which had to know the story. If you didn't know the story, it's a shot in the dark. There's no logic behind the question. It was just this incident which happened to him, so he was aware of, so he asked him, but how in the world did he remember to get such a riddle? Also, we ask us the first question. The second question is, it's not really true. It's not mere Eichel Yatsa Meichel. The honey didn't come from the line. Um, then the bees happy, happen to build the honeycomb inside the lion's carcass. So it wasn't Yatsa from the line. So what does Shimshin want? And uh, how does the story accurately explain the martial he gave? So before we talk about what Shimshin himself had in mind, what he, what he expected the petition to to imagine, um, I first want to just point out that uh, there are a number of Mufashim in different places. You see a lot of depth in Shimshon's marshal, not necessarily what he's asking Pishtim to know, but the concept he was conveying um, in, the, in, these, in these kind of esoteric words. There's a Zayar about it, which is what the Zayar says. There's also a very, very interesting Mahalach, Apiyalach, what Shimshon meant. And uh, for those of us who learned Yeridea, I'm going to remind everyone of a very interesting sugi in Yeridea. And this question in Yeridea is regarding the kashras of honey. Why is there shayla towards regarding the kashras of honey? So the Torah explains. And the Torah explains because the Maisa, um, the bees make honey, not for human consumption. The bees make honey for the bee larva to eat. Which means the if there's a queen bee. She's going to lay an egg in each of those little, so to speak, compartments, those little the hexagonal compartments, the honeycomb, and, the, and the, basically the bee larva eats off the honey. That's what turns it into a bee. And if that's the case, if you're going to eat honey, why aren't we worried that there's halakim of bee inside the honey? And the uh, same thing, the tour expands on this question, and he says if you're going to like, somehow drive away the bees before you take the comb, so maybe there are no bees there. But if you're going to take the comb and there's still bees all over it and crush it, you're going to get legs or wings or whatever it is, a process of bee in the honey as well. And bees are not kosher animals. And if that's the case, what's the hatter to eat honey? This is a discussion in the post game. And uh, there are various options given, and that is if it's not liquor anymore, maybe it's bottle, maybe no one eats bees, so it's not time to come. And in halakhic terms, there are a number of, of uh, different Rishonim venture different explanations why honey is better to eat, but the most fascinating reason is the reason the Rosh gives. And the reason the Rosh gives is that the nature of honey is that things which land up in the honey become honey. It turns things into honey. Um, can I explain it scientifically? I'm not sure. But uh, the concept basically is that uh, the idea, honey is also a natural preservative. And if something else is going to get uh, remain in honey for long enough, it's going to turn to honey too. And that's what the Rosh says. And because that he says that we don't have to worry about, even if there were parts of bee which are in the, in the honey, the master, the process of being honey is going to turn other things to honey as well. Or just use it for about seven years. Sorry? 
Can you add it was uh, they obviously treated her in some way that this wouldn't affect her. But either way around, the, if that is the side of the rush, and that's why he says that uh, he passed it, that honey, we don't have to worry about the dvarim asurim, the parts of the bee which might be trapped or lost in the honey, because they're going to interturn in the honey as well. Um, just as an aside, uh, the Chavit Chaim, also quoted, that the Chavit Chaim says that we know that the concept of Torah has the ability to turn the rush into a tide. Uh, quotes the Gemara that even if Kaisha would leave me, as long as I would keep the Torah, keep learning Torah, the Torah would make him into tzaddikah. So the Chavit Chaim writes in that with one condition. And that is that people enjoy the learning. If a person gets the Geshmak and enjoyment out of learning, so then the, the, the learning can affect him. And he says that's what the, the, the Torah is compared to a Musukim with Vash Menefis Tufim. He says, just like we've seen this principle that honey can make other things into honey, so therefore if a person gets the Geshmak of Torah, it can turn him into someone who enjoys Torah. Okay, that's an aside, the side point of point, but that's the nature of honey. And if that's the case, that's the case. What Shemishim was saying was, it wasn't just that there was a honeycomb inside the line. If the nature of honey is that when it comes to the context it becomes honey too, so then what he said was literally true, that part of the line became honey. If honey converts every kind of context into honey, so it literally was, that it has the ability to make other things into honey too, and therefore the same thing, the sweetness of honey makes something which is not honey, line, whatever else is going to be, into honey too. So therefore, the, that would answer the second question, and that is, it wasn't that the, the honey came from the line, it just happened to be that the bees built their hive inside the line. It might be the case, but once that once the hive is there, it's going to turn things into honey. And therefore, we could live quite literally, it could be Okay, that's just the halakhic reason. That would also explain to us the discussion we had yesterday, and that was, why was it Mutafashim to eat it? So if a question is going to be a shadow, we ask the bliyas from the, from the meat of the line, which is trade. But if the metziyas is, it's going to turn everything into honey, so then there won't be those bliyas. On the contrary, they're going to become honey too. Okay, so that's uh, one, one halakhic explanation of what Shemshin was saying. And if that's the case, we're going to just go back to our first question. And that is that how, are the, how in the world were the, the pishtim meant to work out what happened? And the answer is, you don't have to come to the line. They can just think about the bee. That's already an answer. From the oichel yatsamachel, which means from the bee which eats, comes part of food. From mayaaz, which is a bee, which is something which is an aggressive animal, can attack other things. Yatsamotik, it comes of something which is sweet. So even if they hadn't read out the lion part of the picture, uh, just the fact that the answer would be the bee and honey was already a good answer to the riddle, which is something they could have gotten. That's not, a, not, not something one would have had to know exactly the circumstances of Shimshon to answer. There had already been a satisfactory answer to the question. But nobody guessed it. But no one guessed it. That's like the one shot of Yadacha. Now there's another Yisrael here also. And that's what the Zara says. Milk is sweet when it comes out of the cow. Question one. Besides asking riddles, there was a point you wanted to know. So we'll get to the Zara in a minute. It says something much deeper, but on a simple shot. There's a Yisrael here. And that's already the Gemara discusses. And that is, why is honey kosher? It comes from a bee. And we have a rule in Kashmir, it's called a Yatsim and a Tomei Tomei. 
someone which comes from a species which is Tommy is Tommy. And if that's the case, the Gemara Bukharis asks the question, why is Hani Kasha? And the Gemara says, how do you know Hani's Kasha? So the Gemara says, because Eretz Israel is Mishtabeh, you so to speak, praised for being as long as Chalot of Dvash, so we wouldn't praise it for something trade. And the Gemara says, that's not talking about Bee Hani, that's talking about Date Hani. And therefore the Gemara looks for other eyes to eventually prove that Hani has to be something kosher. We can't find the Raya in the Torah. And then we find the Raya from other times like this, where the people ate honey. Like Shimshon ate honey, so we know obviously honey is kosher. So what's the explanation? If we, if we have a bee which is a Dava Tome, which produces honey, so why is honey kosher? So the Gemara's answer really is that the, the bee doesn't produce the honey. The honey comes from the pollen that the bee takes from the flowers. It just binds it in a way which turns the sap or the pollen of the flowers into honey. And therefore, it's an excretion of the bee rather than a part of the bee. Okay, could be. But uh, if that's the case, so th- th- that's what Shimshon was alluding to. And that is something which is uh, normally uh, something which is a predator. Isn't um, which means eat other things, isn't a kosher animal. Because the animals don't eat, aren't, aren't aggressive animals. They aren't the azim, they, they are the contrary. The domestic animals are the plant-eating animals of the kosher animals. And here you have a case of something which a kosher food comes out of something which by itself is not a kosher animal. By itself is not a kosher animal. So how can it be that from something which is characterized as a non-kosher animal, something kosher comes out of? And again, it wasn't just a riddle of What's the case of a byproduct of a non-kosher animal, which is kosher? Now he meant to think honey, but he meant something else. And that is that, what's the Matthias, why it is like that? So, they bring the Chazal. Chazal say, Mi yitain tar mi tamay. Alay echot. And that is... Right, I think that's Chazal mentioned this. How can Hashem create something tar from something tamay? And one of the examples which Levi meant not expression, even though the few other examples is the paradum. Something which in itself is Tomei can create Tarim. And it must be that there's a, a Kodesh Baruch there's a certain Hanhogi in the world, which even though something is Tomei, they can still produce something Tar. They can still produce something Tar. And then something we find by the Parah, which is Taradum, which is Tomei, can make something Tar. And it says that Avram came from Tarach. Tarach was a bit of a Tazar, he was Tomei, and he managed to have a son like Avram, who was a Tar. So you see that something Tar can come from something Tomei. Or in other words, something which is good, which is Mosek, can come from something which is as. How does such a thing happen? And the Gemitra's answer is, the Gemitra's answer is, Halay Echot. Only HaKadosh Baruch can make such a thing happen. And what was Shimshon trying to miramis? Say the Mechoshim, why am I marrying a Pishti? It's a Dova Tomei. What good is going to come out of a Dova Tomei? And the answer is, you see that there's such a principle, that something Toiv can come out of something Ra, that something Toiv can come out of something Tomei, HaKadosh Baruch can run things in such a way. And therefore, besides the allusion to the honey, which was a simple chat, he was also explaining that allusion to what he's doing. Why are you marrying somebody's ishti? Why are you involving yourself in tumma? And the answer is because something, mostly can come out of something else. Something which is a maikha, which can be eaten, it can come out of something which is not edible, which is a, a predator. Something good can come out of something bad. Okay. That's a little secret that he doesn't want them to know. And the Zara says a different principle from this, on the words of this marshal. I don't know if the Zohar is trying to say that Shimshon meant that, or they're just using the Pasuk as a springboard to explain the Yisod. And uh, the Yisod is like this. Um, and that is that the Zohar is explaining a concept which the Gemara says in Tainis. And the Gemara says that a Pasuk went out and said, Kala oilam nizam b'schos chanina bini. There's a Tzadik and chanina. And uh, the Pasuk came out and said the entire world is 
is sustained in the Sfus Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Hanina died of a Kav Haruvi Mere Shabbos Erech Shabbos. And Rabbi Hanina himself, he doesn't take very much. All he needs is a Kav Haruvi, which were a very cheap, as you see in the time of Fazal, a very cheap fruit. All he eats all, all week is Haruvim, these dried fruit. He doesn't, so the whole chef of the world is coming through him. But the man is taking very little of it. Now, is that, uh, it happens to be that Rabbi is taking very little of it. Uh, even though the Maisa it's all coming in his chos, or does it have to be that way? Does it have to be that way? That for the whole world to be nizam b'schos chanina, it has to be that Rahanina is not taking anything, or taking a minimal amount. And what's the far over here? If that's how you have one tzaddik, and in the schos of that tzaddik, Hakadosh Baruch is sending a tremendous amount of shefer down to the world. Now, if the tzaddik wants it all for himself, does he have the right to take it all for himself? They said this is all my maschos, so I want it. So, so I'm going to deliver it up. I'm going to get everything. Is coming to me, or if he and if he decides that I would rather be a balchesed, and I would say Hashem, all the chef you want to give to me, split it up, give it to the whole world. And if that's the case, I'm taking the minimum for myself so that I can give more. In other words, if it's a schus of let's say, let's make it a simple marshal or identify with. Let's say I was running a stock organization, and I speak to a very wealthy donor, a patron, and he's willing to unite me personally, and he says, listen. I really like you. I'm willing to give you a million dollars. Now, it's for me. I could either say, okay, thank you very much. I'm very happy to have a million dollars. Or I could say, you know what? I'm, I have an organization. I'm supporting a lot of people. So he says, I gave you a million dollars. What do you want with it? So I said, okay, I'm going to give it to the organization. And therefore, the, le- the, the, minute, the less I keep for myself, the more I'm able to give. Because then I can share it with other people, even though it's coming from me. But in the mindset, I can then be the Baal Chesed and share it with everybody else. And the more I want to request it, I'll keep the minimum for myself so that I have more to give. Why is Hashem giving Now, if that's the case, is that the same way it works? Is that the same way it works for the Tariq? And that is that uh, he, him, he's the one who deserves it. Yeah. He, he deserves it, yes. It's such a concept. The one Tariq, he deserves the world's being kept going because of him. The world's being kept going because of him because in his host, Hashem is being kind of prayer, and the Gemara says this. That if there's one person, the tzaddik kala oylem kula kedai ule. It's kedai to keep the whole world going for him. So if you have that one tzaddik, the tzaddik in his his chos, the world's been kept alive. And now therefore, Hashem is going to say to him, "I'm keeping the whole thing going for you." So all the shevah is coming to you. Now what's the tzaddik going to do? He could say, "Okay, if it's for me, it's mine. I want to keep it." Or he could say, uh, "I'm going to be a balchesed." And if I understand that this is Hashem is keeping the world going in my chos. Then all that shefa which is coming through me, I'm going to dish out to everybody else. I'll keep the minimum for myself that I need, so that I'm able to give as much as possible. And that was the story of Reb Chanina. Reb Chanina was somebody that the world was mekayim in his house. It means what it says. But the whole world is being supported by Reb Chanina, and because of that, Reb Chanina kept only a kafarubim for himself. He lived in abject poverty. Like Reb Chanina tells us, Reb Chanina lived in abject poverty. He didn't have food for Shabbos. His wife was so embarrassed. In the food either. His wife was so embarrassed that she put wood into the oven to be smoked because there was nothing to cook. And therefore, why, why? The whole, it's all coming for him. And the answer is not that. It's all coming for me that I'm going to be a Bachas. I'm going to dish all that and keep nearly nothing for myself. That was the side of Rabbi Khanina. Now, that's where the whole world gets. That's, that was in the door of Rabbi Khanina. In the door of Shimshon, you see, they went to him and said, They came around either. And therefore, what Hashimshu was saying was the same you said. And that is the first part of the process. From the one who eats, comes out food for everybody else. 
which means Ba'atim is all given to the one who's in his chus, it's given to him to eat. It's like the it's all for him. But Yatzimaychot, from him is going to come out food for everybody. Because instead of keeping it all for himself, he's willing to share it. And therefore, everybody else gets food which was meant for him. So from the source of the person who was Hashem was going to give it to, Yatzah is for everybody else. That's the first part. What's the second part of the Pasuk? And from what's in Az, you come to the Zara explains this as well, also with a very deep side. We've mentioned that sometimes here in Shoshana in different forms. Not in the Pasuk, with this Pasuk, where the Zara says that as well, in other forms. And that is, the biggest brachas come from the Medesadeh. The biggest brachas come from the Medesadeh. Because if a person is given chesed, so then, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm being generous, I'm giving you the chesed, so then you have, no, you have no claims for anything. You don't deserve anything, it's being a big heavens, you can't ask for too much. But if a person deserves something for them, so then it's his. And if that's the case, he has a time that it's coming to me. And therefore, if a person's zaycha bedin, he can get much more than without the din. We find, uh, for example, we find that uh, the brachas of Yitzchak Avinu, which he gave Yaakov, not Esau, so the desire says Yitzchak Avinu is always the middle of the and you see that when someone zaycha to get brachas from the Minasatin, he gets the biggest brachas. He gets the biggest brachas. Because if a person zaycha bedin, that means that now they deserve. If they deserve, then they're entitled to much more. Says Hazar, that's the aside of Me'a'az Yatsal Masak. Something which is strong, as is the Minasatin. But going into din isn't only a one way street. And this is always in Bosh When a person is going into din, it's not just I'm, I'm, I'm being judged if I'm going to be punished or not. And therefore, there's only a negative outcome. I might get punished. It's not the way. The dinner goes worth worse. In other words, I might be zaycha bedin. And if I'm zaycha bedin, I'm going to get much more bracha. And therefore, we made it. There's a, both, both options are open in Rosh Hashanah. If a person is not zaycha bedin, you can get punished. If a person is zaycha bedin, then you can get much more. Which is, means we're not really trying to avoid the dinner of Rosh Hashanah. We want to be zaycha bedin. Because that way we're going to get, and we need to get, the things we want. The things we want to achieve. And in other Abba, the fact that we only bedin and we show Hashem we deserve it, that's a reason to get it. Much more than if it's Hashem, give us a chesed and give us just a chesed. The, the concept of din has within it the ability to give much more so. And we all know that if a person goes to a court case, there's two sides. He might lose, but he might win. And if he's going to alpid, if it's the, 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 the psak din, the verdict is that you, 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 you the victor of the case, you're going to get a lot. There's two sides to it. And then when a person's only bedin, it's not just that a person can lose bedin. There's a there's a chelik that a person can gain bedin too. I heard again, Hashem Chassid Levinstein, that Yerushalayim uh, has two sides to it. There's the one side we talk about that if a person does something wrong, he's going to get punished. But on the other hand, Yerushalayim is there's a possibility I'll get rewarded too. Maybe if I'm only bedin, then I then I'll get much more. Instead of the supposed great Hashem is Yerayov, that the concept of Yerayov is Hashem wants Yerayev also because those Yerayev want to get from him, not just because they're scared they're going to get punished. More than the Miyachal and the Chasid, people are only expecting Chasid. But uh, Yerayev, the people who are scared that they're going to be owned by and am I going to be Zechet to deserve something? That's, that's Hashem's right to that's Hashem's higher level. Okay, that's the point. So then that says as well, that's what it means there, as Yotzim Mosek. From someone which as is strong, someone which is strong, which is a Mirasadin, can come out Mosek can come out something which is much better, a much bigger source of bracha. And if that's the case, Shimshon is being maramis to two things. The first one is that 
Me'aichel Yatzimachel. And that is in a door like his, when he was the only tzaddik. And if that's the case, then just like he was the one who Klayashra was going to get saved, as we said lots of times, as an individual. So Klayashra are all going to benefit from Shimshon's Titkus, because they're all going to get saved in the schus of one man. At the same side. From one person, it comes out of Michael to everybody. From one person, schusim, everyone gets fed. That's the first part when he said, And that is, how is he going to get such bracha? Whether it's his bracha kodesh, whatever shafi he had, because he's aimed bedin. If he's aimed bedin. If a person zaychir bedin, then he can get much more bracha. Now again, I don't think for a second, Shimshim thought the Christian were going to understand this. But uh, the Zahir sees this in the words of the marshal also, there's a much deeper concept that was being conveyed over here. Okay, so what did some of we saw tonight? We saw three different things. First, had a simple draft. Shimshin, they didn't have to think about the line, which they probably would never have thought about because that was just a story which happened. They could have thought about the bee. Thinking about the bee would have already answered the question. That's already a case of something which is from Mina'echel Yatsamaychel, Mina'az Yatsamasek. The fact that there was also the line in the question is the, the, the riddle was just stage two. But Lema said there was a they, they, they didn't they could have really gotten to the right track let's say even without the line. Now, why if Shimshin himself had in mind recited the marshal? So we saw two levels. Firstly, halakhically, we see a musak bahani that things turns things in that honey makes things honey, and therefore we see also as a concept of something which starts off as a davatame can be made into a davatar, and therefore what he is doing when being involved with the pishtun can become something tar. And then we saw a second chat, the omek we saw in the zar, and that is. That Shimshon is talking about the way that one tzaddik can can save the world. The way that one tzaddik can be the source for everyone else's shafa or protection. And also the fact that the one tzaddik is Ayman Bedin, so he's going to bring down a much more tzaddik to everybody else. Okay, so that's all more, that's a, a greater depth in the word Shimshon said. But now coming back to the story. So he gives them this khidah, and then, like we said, he promised them each a set of clothing if they get it right. And we saw for three days the Prophet says, For three days they couldn't think of an answer to the riddle. Now, which three days are we talking about? So, the Dalai explains talking about the first three days of the Surah Brachos, the Dalai 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 if it's the first three days, then what happened after the first three days um, until the seventh day? Because you see, on the last day, he came on the seventh day, and said to Shimshon's wife, seduce your husband, and you should tell us the answer to the riddle. So they, they waited for the last day for that to happen. And we're going to ask the question, why? If after three days they already gave up trying to find an answer, so why did they leave? Uh, using more violent measures until the seventh day. So we'll talk about that process. Also, sense, she cried for seven days. So we'll see. Why was she crying? Uh-huh. Well, they only tried the last three days. Oh, so we have to see. And as we, otherwise, we're going to burn you and your father's house with fire. The reason you brought it to be Kila Shimshon's friends is because you want to take her clothing away. That's a hooray. You're going to take revenge. We, you brought us here to celebrate Shimshon. We're about to lose our shirts. So if you, if you don't get us an answer that protect, you know, that you're going to have to pay this uh, gamble, so we're going to burn you in your father's house with fire. Now, the question is, and we're going to talk about this next time, Hashem. Again, we'll leave it as a question to think about in the meantime. 
And that is, did Shimshon want this to happen? Was this part of the plan? Was this part of the plan or not? It took a turn that Shimshon didn't expect. So you're going to see what like what happens next. If this was, you know, he understood this was going to where it was going to go to, or this was something which he didn't expect, and because this, he manages to use it. Okay, I'll talk about next time what exactly Shimshon had in mind with uh, with the Chida and why they got to the stage where they threatened her that they're going to burn her in fire if they're not telling them the riddle. And we'll see that next time what happened next, how the story played out.